This is the Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The Word to Stand On for Life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the Word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the show. It's the Wednesday edition of the program. However, today we're pretending like it's Thursday because Paula is live in studio with me for your live calls and questions if you need any encouragement. If you don't know by now, I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is the word to stand on for life. All we need you to do is call us with your questions or your comments, 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And if you're driving in your car and the weather just got cold and windy outside, so if it's wet where you are, The safest way to call is use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now banner at the top of the screen, and you will be connected directly to our studio producer. Paula, before we get into our conversation, um, this for the audience is our last live program of 2020. When we come back, it will be next year. That sounds like a long time away, but it's really not a long time away. But uh, we will be doing repeat broadcasts tomorrow and Thursday, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. And uh, that means today is your day to call if you have anything to say. Paula, welcome to the show on two Wednesdays in a row. What is going on? I'm not sure, but I think you're even more beautiful on Wednesdays than on Thursdays. (laughs) Hmm. Well. Or maybe it's just because I'm looking at you now. Maybe so. I'm just hopeful for tomorrow because tomorrow's Thursday. He's well. stuck with me. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Paula, but what, thank you for that compliment for today. Yeah. Today has enough worries of itself, and so tomorrow's another day. And you know what I always say to you on Thursday? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most beautiful girl in the world? There you go. Thank you. Okay. I appreciate you. What, what are your thoughts? I mean, we're ending a year. Uh, I was telling our producer before the program started that that although this has been a horrible year for everybody, 2020, it really has gone fast. Some days. <laughs> I mean, it, it just feels like it's flown by. Yeah. I'm glad it's, it's, it's gone. So, you know, we're not really trying to rush our life away, but, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy this year is going away as well. But it's not, it's, it hasn't been all that bad for me. Uh, change, we don't like change. You know, we missed a, a lot of our events, but somebody was blaming that on you the other day. Why? Because because uh, we you don't want to be a a church an event church, and so they all got wiped <laughs> out this year. So they say it's all Pastor Ron's fault. Yeah, but I'm one of the, the normal stuff. You know, the, the thing I missed, I think the most Christmas play, Christmas play, the kids, Christmas dinner, and Christmas dinner. Oh, I know. Easter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was April, so it's like out of memory now, yeah. but. But just at Christmas dinner, last year we served over 1,500 meals uh, to people in the church. It's just a really neat time to be able to get together. Yes, it is. It's a really, really good time. And, well, that's all right. Next year, it's going to be here in a couple of days. Okay, before you get started, any reflections on 2020 that you want to share? Um, I think the Lord used the COVID for you and me. I was telling uh, Tracy when she came over to the house today that... Uh, you know, you were so cute because I had to stay home and, you know, people weren't going out and stuff like that. So um, since the whole quarantine thing, instead of us 
reading the Bible together and praying together. You were so cute. Why don't you come up to the office so you can get out? <laughs> like you were making sure I, I got out of the house. Like you're feeling sorry for me. I'm really okay. <laughs> and I know how to take care of myself, but I appreciated it. And so I would come up here and, and uh, read to you and pray and stuff. And, you know, I, I kind of like that. You know, it's a different location, but yeah, it was kind of, so that's a, a good new what do you call it? A routine? Is that a new routine we have? Yeah, okay. pretty much. Okay, because you know how you are. Yep. Once we get in a routine, it's hard to break that thing. It takes like a worldwide <laughs> epidemic to break it. Break me <laughs> up. So, so that was the new thing, and I, that I, I really kind of like because we're taking a little bit longer uh, to pray because, you know, I'm here in the office, and if you have anything that comes up, then, you know. In Jesus' name, amen, and and I'll go home. But, yeah, it's been kind of cool. I liked it. Yeah, you know, for me personally, our public, my public life changed a lot because for the part of the quarantine, we didn't have people here. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, when I felt like the laziest bum in the world when we went just to one service. I know, huh? And like, re- what do we re- do now? Yeah, and the rest <laughs> of them were, were on video, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but uh, my day-to-day life didn't change. We didn't get, I mean, we, we got, we had COVID, but we didn't get sick. Mm -hmm. And so we were out exercising every day and doing all that stuff. So for me, I'd still come up here in the office all by myself and alone. So Mm -hmm. for me, my daily routine didn't change that much. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, well, if I were her, I'd want me to invite her (laughs) to get out (laughs) of the house. Just so that's why we did it. I appreciated it. It was very thoughtful. And uh, yeah, it's been really sweet. Yeah. What about um, your reflections on um, the church? Can, you know, Calvary Chapel. Uh, any any comments that are mm. relevant? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was it was kind of sad that so many that you know were just like really you think they're the strong, faithful, you know. God's in charge kind of thing and, and in deceit, you know, so many of them, like we still don't have caregivers for the kids on Monday nights or Wednesday nights. And it's been kind of one of those, you know, Sam's been uh, announcing it every week and it slowly, but surely, but, um, the many that just so afraid, it was like, really, wow. I, I was, I was shocked. Um, but at the same time, you know, we understand in some cases, um, but that was kind of a little bit of a, hmm, wow. Yeah, so that was kind of weird. But to see the the many people, like you were saying, uh, I think you had a question yesterday, people uh, who are coming from other churches. We're not soliciting people from other churches. In fact, uh, for a while you were telling people, please don't come here. We don't have room, <laughs> we don't have room for you. To, you know, our church is kind of packed. Um, but to see the numbers of people who are coming, you know, a uh, few people have said, my church closed in February, and I don't know if they're ever going to open up again. Um, and some of them have already decided, even if their old church opens up, they're not going back. I've had several say, I didn't realize how long I had been there, but I wasn't getting fed. And I really don't know the ma- that many people at the church that I went to. And I just thought, now there's a heartbreaker. You know, you don't know the people there. And the ones that I'm talking about, the second time they came here, our people were calling them by their name already. And they had never had that at the church that they went to. So anyway, those kind of things were like, okay, Lord, we've been praying for the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, the confused, and now the fearful. And once again, it's like um, a new, almost a new Calvary Chapel San Antonio with the numbers of new people that have shown up. So in that way, you know, it it gives me more people to say, hey, how you doing? uh, So I'm good with that. You know, Paula, um, um, we understand, you, you mentioned this, but we understand people who are in high risk categories. Oh, yeah. Um, and and I, I understand, I mean, the, the, the brainwashing that's happened with the media over this. 
um, has, has had such an impact. Um, but, but the one thing I'll never understand, and I've had other pastors try to explain their position to me, I'll never ex- understand pastor closing a church. Yeah. And yet they're, they, they, they're, they think they're doing a good thing, and it just doesn't make any sense to me at all. I know. It seems like when I was a little kid that you could go to a church <clears throat> almost all the time and the door wasn't even locked. Yeah. You know, and now the whole thing is locked down? How bizarre is that? You, you, the church used to be the place where you would go when you needed some help. Now, I understand mm-hmm. our world is different because there's some low life who break into churches and steal their equipment and stuff, so I understand, you know, the door is locked now, but to be locked on Sunday and Wednesday and whatever other day they may have had any kind of service, yeah. Yeah, they're not just stealing stuff. They're stealing and, and doing And doing damage oh, yeah. for no reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you were saying, you know, the suicide rate or the suicide attempts, um, the depression that people are going yeah. through and stuff like that. So all that has, has been an, an effect. At the same time, my gift of encouragement, I've seen the importance of that at a greater level than before. You know, and like you're saying, the in-person kind of ministry, um, especially for those who can't be here. Like I just got a text a few minutes ago, but I haven't had time to respond because I got it right when I'm in here, right before the show started, of people who have had one, a car accident, and the other, she's suffering with cancer. Not today they had the car accident. They're healing, Um, but I haven't been able to respond to them. But they haven't been able to be here for a very long time. Yeah. And um, I don't know when they'll be able to be back, but my ministry on my phone, whether by text or actual phone calls, has increased. You know, I've said this before, but I think that, that depending on your view of church before the, the pandemic, if you considered church, well, you know, if I get there, I get there. It's not that important. Why do Christians have to go to church? You know, I could just watch online. I think those people uh, typically don't feel like they're missing anything. But the people who really understand the value of church and fellowship and the need to be physically and emotionally connected, mm-hmm. uh, they're the ones who, who struggle the most through this, and they're the ones that are having a difficult time. And a pastor's job is to, to shepherd the, the flock of God, tend my flock, mm-hmm. Jesus told Peter. Mm-hmm. And, and you've you got to tend to people who, in isolation, their lives are sort of falling apart, and um, I hope we've been able to do that. You know, we don't have like a mega church with tens of thousands of people. We got a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but there's just a lot of need and a lot of care. And that doesn't happen online and it doesn't happen via phones. I'm, I'm grateful to God that we have the online ministry. We got a great team who yeah. puts that out yeah. there, good quality and all that as well. Yeah. And I'm with you on that. And yet at the same time... Um, even the even the uh, technology ministry and all them, you know, we all a bunch of them had COVID as well, and they could not stand not being here either. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's it's okay. Okay, well, we have somebody call in anonymously who wants me to deal with a question here, and then you can get your stuff organized for for what you want to do, Paula. Um, he says uh, the the anonymous caller said, "I'm confused with taking the Lord's Supper." Where do I go to study uh, the Lord's Supper? Now, I don't know what your source of confusion is. Um, go to the upper room, John chapter 14, 15, 16, and 17. Uh, that's where the Last Supper takes place. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul talks about it. So uh, without knowing specifically what your source of confusion is, um, um, it might be that, that there are some Christians that believe that the cracker and the cup become the body and the blood of Jesus, literally, uh, transubstantiation or consubstantiation. Uh, and of course, um, the, the biblical teaching is it's a memorial view. Um, it doesn't become anything. It represents what was already done. So, uh, Anonymous, I would need just a little bit more information. You can email questions at calvaryessay.com. And then we'll get that question when we come back here next week. Paula, it's your show. You think maybe the confusion might be, if you're not a believer, you know, 
it says confusion taking the Lord's Supper. Um, if you're a believer, you can take yeah. it whenever, you know, because at our church it's the first Sunday of the month, but can you take it at home every day if you want to or any day that you want to? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's part well, of it. Well, if that's the case, the, uh, Paul says, uh, whenever, Jesus said, whenever you take, remember my death until I come again. Mm-hmm. So there's no prescribed amount of time. Mm-hmm. Some churches do it every day. Other churches, like we, once a month. Uh, some some churches never do it in a Sunday congregation simply because they've got too many services and too many people mm-hmm. and don't have the time, so they'll do it in a midweek service mm-hmm. or an evening service on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the, the the instruction is whenever you take it, and it's there's no prescription as to how regularly we ought to take it. Um, as I said, I know people that take it daily at home, and that's fine. It doesn't have to be something that you do just at church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, so Pastor Ron, I was thinking, hearing the Lord's voice, you know, like um, for me, even though I wasn't sure it was God speaking to me, but later down the road, you know, I I figured it out when you came to the door and the Lord said, well, this voice I heard says, this is the one for life. And then later when I was, you know, kind of yelling into the sky about where's the love everybody always talks about, you know, and hear that voice that says, I love you, always have, always will. Okay, so, and then yesterday you had a, a, a caller uh, about hearing the voice of God and knowing for sure. So how do you explain the for sure part? Yeah, I think, Paula, the for sure part is overrated. Remember, our relationship with Jesus is is established in faith and it's nurtured by faith. And I think a lot of times um, we want such certainty that it doesn't require faith. Mm -hmm. God said to do this. How do I know it's him or Mm -hmm. how do I know it was me? Mm -hmm. I think think if we know his character and his nature, if we know his word, and it's impossible to know for sure that you're hearing the voice of God if you don't know his word Mm -hmm. because... A lot of times those voices out there, First John 4, 1 says, brothers, test the spirits. Not every spirit is from God. There's a lot of spiritual noise out there. But if you know his word and you know his character, then you'll know that he can't contradict himself. So you'll have some guideline about, yeah, that sounds like the Lord. But but this this idea that we want to know for sure that it's God speaking is way overrated. I think it pleases the Lord the most when we take risks and we take these steps of faith and and even though they're really scary and and the truth is, I'd like to know if I'm doing it right, Lord. Mm -hmm. Uh, I say all the time, uh, and I'll say it again on Sunday in the message, if your heart is right with God, you don't have to be right because he'll cover you. It's only when your heart is wrong Mm -hmm. that you, you you know, those are things, well, how do I know for sure? Well, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when God called me to be a pastor, uh, I, I, my first thought was I could never be a pastor. All the terrible things I've done, and and I remember telling somebody, and and one guy said, "Well, I could never use you as a pastor. That wasn't God. You know, you're lucky you got saved, kind of thing." <laughs> and then somebody else said, "Well, think about it. Would the devil ask you to be a pastor and teach God's word?" Mm-hmm. And so those are the things um, that you learn through a relationship with God. That's the voice of God. You know, when, when the voice spoke to your heart and said, uh, this is the one for life, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's a pretty bold thing to say. And there's a whole lot of years to measure that out. We still haven't got life yet. We're still in the We've been together over 50 years. Mm-hmm. But, um, um, you know, it's pretty safe to say that that was God saying, I brought this one into your life. And... Uh, I just think we've got to know him, but 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 we 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 never can know anything for sure because that would require no faith at all. Yeah, it it would require faith void. Okay. And and uh, everything is by faith. Okay. Everything is by faith. Because I know quite a few people who they're so afraid to um, ask that woman to be their wife or to accept an invitation of a date because how do I know if that's my soul mate? Mm. You know what I'm saying? And uh, man, if I just, because I wasn't even saved when I heard that voice. Um, 
I wonder where my life would have been had I just put my fingers in my ear, la, 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 la. That can't be, you know, even later down the road when I knew it was God's voice. Um, you were so in love with me, you couldn't have said no. <laughs> well, probably. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, this this whole idea of a soulmate, and I'm, I'm making the wrong choice, I think we need to give God more credit. Um, we We need to understand that he's not, like a spoil sport, you know, I fall in love with you, mm-hmm. and then God says, no, 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 that's not the one, I got somebody else for you over here, but I don't love her, and no, so God doesn't do that, he gives us the best, <laughs> and all we've got to do is trust him, and I say this all the time, but if you're walking with Jesus, you can't miss the will of God, yeah. and I think we try to mystify things too much, instead of just accepting the fact that this is a believer. Now, as you know, we've both had a lot of people come and say, well, God told me this is the one, and then that one turned out not even to be a believer. And we could say, no, 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 God didn't tell you that. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you know? I'm sure it was God. Yeah. And and the answer is because that would contradict his word. Yeah. And if we would understand that and know enough of his word, mm-hmm. then we wouldn't be so easily deceived. Yeah. So your caller, I think it was yesterday or the day before yesterday, um, talking about the message that you did Sunday that you're in, in Matthew um, they, the disciples heard the Lord say after Peter said Lord if it's you bid me to come Peter was the only one you know and so I think the rest of them were like you did not hear from God that's not God it was a ghost kind of thing but you know he was saying and we have other people saying I know what God has said but okay address that well the, the buts are always fear you know um, when I talked about Peter getting out and walking on the water I think as he started to get out of that boat at the, the other 11 you can't do that don't go out there mm-hmm. you know but 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 Peter knew it was Lord Lord if it's you bid me to come to you on the water and he said come now they could all see that they could all hear that but only Peter responded. The others knew it was the will of God, knew that they could have come out, but they let circumstances and fear, perhaps fear of failure or or even, well, it's so impossible that it's got to be something else. They let that keep them from experiencing something uh, that only Peter got to experience. And that, to me, is always the saddest thing. You know, I tell the church here all the time, Paula, that, that when we stay in the boat... Uh, we're the ones missing out on the exciting things that God wants to do in us and through us. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we, we, walking by faith is a risk. You're taking steps of faith. And if you really understand that it doesn't depend on you to be right, he is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Mm-hmm. He who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. And and when somebody takes that approach, well, I know it was God, I, I'm sure he told but mm-hmm. um, that's somebody who believes that, well, if I take the wrong step, it's going to ruin everything. They believe that they are the finisher of their faith. Mm-hmm. Okay, God, you chose me. Thank you for that. But now it's up to me. Um, that's to misunderstand the nature of our call. And I think it is so important that we learn that God is the faithful and not us. And and if we're afraid to, to make mistakes, if we're afraid to be wrong, it's either fear or pride, and both of them are killers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 340-9585. We now, Paula, just went to two minutes in this half of the program, and we would love to have uh, people's calls and questions and comments at the uh, second half of the break. Okay, so... You started out with that study saying Jesus demanded the disciples to go, knowing he was sending them into a storm. Yeah. You know, this year you're talking about reflection. The Lord knew that this was coming, and he also knew how we were all going to respond. Some have done better than others, um, but he didn't cause this storm. He knew all about it, and... Like you said, you think he was using this to shake his church up and out. No, not, just, not up, just, just out, out. Just out. Okay. Yeah, I think it's it's trials like this where our faith is proved genuine or not. Mm. 
Um, uh, I think, uh, again, there are real believers who are really afraid. Uh, the, the, the media has been um, uh, ruthless yeah. in, in trying to ensure everybody's paralyzed by fear. Um, but, but, you know, I think most, most we find out to whom we belong. We find out why we're living and for whom we're believe, for whom we're living. And when I, I keep saying all the time here at Calvary Chapel that ministry doesn't stop, saving people doesn't stop just because there's a pandemic. In fact, it's in times like this that we ought to sort of amp things up a little bit because people really are in danger of dying. Yeah. And so I, I just think it's one of these times where um, things get shaken, and at the end we find out who's standing, who really belongs to the Lord. Well, we've got 30 minutes left this year. That's a hard thing to say. Mm -hmm. By the way, we're going to have Bible study tonight, our last Bible study of the year tonight at 7 o'clock. 340-9585. We'll be back in two minutes. Got a question for Pastor Ron and the word to stand on for life? You can send it to him via email at pastorronkslr at gmail.com. That's pastorronkslr at gmail.com. Welcome back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the show. I'm getting choked up because we only have 30 minutes left in the year, at least on this program. And um, we would love to have any input or any questions you have. 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Paula, go. Okay. You know what? You said if we are going to be prepared for the next year, we must be people of prayer. And, you know, I'm at home saying, Lord, you know my prayer life kind of stinks. Yeah. But the enemy's working on that, too, because I pray throughout the day. But I don't really think, I don't know if I'm a great prayer or not. So, um, I can. I guess everybody can use some improvement, but I get along with Jesus daily, so I guess I'm all right, right? Prayer is just talking, and you're really good at talking. Wait, you know, no. wait. No. We're on the radio now. <laughs> come on. I got no. friends out there. They're going to be cracking up when they come yeah. to church tonight. Mama Paula was giving Pastor Ron what for? Talking about, she talks too much? What? No, no. no. I'm, you're good at talking, and you love Jesus more than anybody in the world, so I'm confident you talk to him throughout the day. Mm -hmm. That's all prayer is. What we try to do is is listen to these old super spiritual saint stories and say, you know, uh, James, the brother, half-brother of the Lord, was known as camel knees because he was on his knees praying so much, and, mm -hmm. and uh, this guy prayed eight hours a day, and this guy... So, but But... We're supposed to actually pray more than eight hours a day. We're to pray all day, all pray without, without ceasing. ceasing. Yeah. So yeah, you do. You do. Well. I'm all right. You prayed for me for thirteen years. I got no complaints. I'm praying for you right now. <laughs> 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 yeah, I was. I think I'm doing okay. I went to HEB today. You know, my my third ministry to get some some medication for you because yesterday I was there and they gave me the wrong one. So they said we're gonna bring you get you the right one. So I went. Before I came over here, that's why I was almost late for the show today. Um, and they gave me the wrong ones, another wrong one. I was like, oh, my goodness. So I had to pray, you know, because <laughs> I honked my horn. Can I get ready to walk, drive away? I honked my horn. They're like, can I help you? Uh, yes. And praise <laughs> the Lord, I had the last one of those in my pocket. So I could say, they look like this. But I, I said it, you know, as nice as I could. So I'm sure the Holy Spirit was there saying, don't have the ugly face, you know, like, <laughs> hello, I'm giving you another shot at this. See, that's just practicing the f gift, the fruit of self-control. Yeah, it says to take off your dirty, filthy clothes and put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it's a good thing I'm saved because <laughs> people were just getting on my last nerve. But anyway, so I got the right pills. But anyway, yeah, get along with Jesus daily because we want to go out representing him rightly. So I'm, I know as I... Drove away. Yeah. And uh, you, yeah. can't, you can't be prepared yeah. for anything that's going to happen, all the curves that come in life, yeah. unless you're a man or a woman of prayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the other cool thing you said, too, um, that Jesus 
saw those guys in the in the boat, even though they felt all alone. You know, we walked through our lives thinking, you know, because I used to think, "Ooh, I'm on a dark street. The boogeyman's gonna get me," kind of thing, you know. Um, and yet, no, 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 I'm never alone. When I was walking at midnight, sometimes two o'clock in the morning with our dog in not so nice a neighborhood, you know, um, it'd be kind of nervous, you know, especially as Moto got older, you know, <laughs> before he could take care of me. Now I'm, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm taking care of him, but I was never alone. And Paul, one of the things that I said that, that was relevant for that Bible study is every storm in life, um, we feel like God's abandoned us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Sea of Galilee was six miles wide, and they were halfway out and straining against the oars, and the wind and the waves were up. And and they, they had no idea that that Jesus was there or that he was watching. And yet in Mark's Gospel, which is, is, is interesting, it's Peter's account mm-hmm. of the events. And um, Peter said, no, he saw them straining at the oars. Yeah. And uh, Jesus sees everything. Tonight's Bible study, uh, I hope, is going to be a very encouraging one for for ladies especially who are going through difficult things in their marriage because God saw that Leah was unloved. Was unloved. And, and, and God made sure she knew he loved her. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we, we have to remember that, that in the storm, just because we feel all alone, this is where faith comes in, we've got to remember we're never alone. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's, you know what, I think that's been the the sweetest thing for me um, over the years in those terrifying times, in those lonely times, in those painful times. Um, Jesus has made himself more present, but I think the reason he's made himself more present is because I've been quicker to run to him. You know, I remember when uh, Davina was murdered and you can tell the story but I I remember at first I was so afraid you know thinking you know Ron's going to the men's retreat shortly because she was murdered in July and the men's retreat was September and I'm going to be here all alone I we should probably get a security system and you know extra locks on the doors and the windows and all this and and it was like the Lord said excuse me pardon me I'm laughing because he says that to you a lot. Mm. At least that's the way you report it to yeah. me. He talks to me the way I can understand. <laughs> you know, Jesus is not ghetto or anything like that, but he knows how to get my attention. And since I'm a little bit, you know, yo, what's up kind of thing, <laughs> um, he has to kind of slow me down and say, uh, girl, you know, hello. <laughs> I'm right here. I'll never leave you for a second. You know, kind of thing. Like like your Shaniqua GPS. <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate that because he, he can kind of crack me up. But I remember him saying, I'm your security. I've always been your security, and I will be your security forever. We don't need a security system. I got you. I was like, okay, because we really can't afford a security system anyway. But, yeah, that's he just said, no, I'm your security system. And after I heard that, Man, I slept like a baby, <laughs> you know? In that scripture where it says his left arm is under my shoulder and his right arm is over my chest. When you're not around, that's the scripture that really comforts me. So anyway, so I've learned to run to the to the Lord so he sees us. And then th- what I really liked, you, you're talking about um, those things that happen to us when we're in the storm, um, we feel like it's it's never going to end, and it's worse than it than it really is. And I think that's what so many of our people are struggling with because they're spending more time on the listening to the TV, on the news, you know, reading the whatevers um, instead of being in God's Word, where He can say, "Hey, I'm right here," you know. I've got you. There's so many people who haven't even gotten this COVID because God knows some of them really can't take it. And he's been very gracious. But he's with us 
through the storm. And it's, he would say, it's really not as bad as the people are making it out to be. And that it seems like Jesus isn't there. When again, yo, I'm right here. I'm your security. Um, And all of this, maybe kind of that distance that we might feel sometimes, it's like you're saying, we don't, we're not like babies anymore, like Jesus, 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 you know. He's like, I'm, I'm right here, but I'm just letting you grow up a little bit, toughen up a little bit. Remember, I'm with you, always with and, you. And Paula, that's a lesson you have to learn, and you can only learn it through trials. Yeah. Um, when you get through a trial, he's never promised to deliver you from the trial or from the storm, but he's always promised to deliver us through. And when we get through it, we can then look back and see that he was always there. And hopefully we learned our lesson and we'll trust him a little longer in the next storm. Mm -hmm. And if we don't ever find out that he's trustworthy, then we go in freak out mode. And I I think in storms, we lose our objectivity. You know, if something happens to somebody else, we can give them the great counsel. Mm -hmm. You know, God is with you. God loves you. Mm -hmm. You know, apart from him, you can do nothing. It's it's okay. But but then when it's us, it's like we give ourselves permission to freak out and we forget. And that's simply a failure in faith. Paula, we got um, Joan in Victoria on line one. Joan, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Well, hello. Thank you for your program. Uh, I have a question about... I have a question about... um, the gifts that the Magi brought to Jesus, what did the family use those gifts for? Yeah. We, we, don't, we have no um, um, information at all. Uh, we're just told what the gifts are. We know what the gifts represented. They were picture, uh-huh. uh, they, they were prophetic, but we have no earthly idea what they used the gifts for. Now, I, I'm, I can take a wild guess, Joan, because they had such great value. I imagine that that's what sustained them in their time in Egypt when he had to go away, um, that, that, that they sold the gifts or at least the, the, they got received value for the gifts in one way or another. Um, but but even that is a guess, and we don't really know. But um, the three gifts were of enormous value of the day, and I'm sure were used to sustain the family during those difficult, dark days in Egypt. I bet you that that some of that time where Mary was pondering all these things, you know, wise men coming and giving these elaborate gifts. Yeah, no, I, I don't what? think that those weren't the same, Paul, because the the the, the magi came. Probably two years later. Mm. So it, you know, we've made the Magi part of the Christmas story. Yeah, yeah. But true. but they're really not, they came a couple of years later, and um, uh, boy, God rewarded their faith. But at the same time, um, we're, we, they're, they're just they're mysterious. They were stargazers. They were astrologers, not astronomers. They were. Um, uh, astrologers, they, they, they read things into the sun or into the, the, the stars and the, the moon and the sun. But um, all we know is that they had great value. Yeah. They represented uh, Jesus' purpose for coming on earth. Mm-hmm. Joan, I'm sorry I can't give you any more information than that, but they don't tell us anything. Do you have anything else? I have to apologize for asking you that question in that regard, because I know it's, there's nothing in the scripture that tells us that. But it does say that they were a very poor family. And so I thought, after they got these very exquisite gifts, uh, how, how do you think, uh, what was your idea of maybe how they would have used that, uh, being a very poor family? But you yeah. answered that. It probably sustained them on, when they were in Egypt then. Yeah, because they, they had to, to cut and run to Egypt pretty quickly uh, after the, the edict went out to kill all the babies two years uh, of age and, and younger. And um, I, that's, that's just the best that, that we, can, we can assume. Okay. Well, thank you, and y'all have a very happy New Year. Thank you. You too, Joan. Happy New Year. Thank you. Now, that's a, a, a question that's never been asked before. Mm-hmm. Or at least not on this program. Not on this program. And, and Joan, mm-hmm. for for me and you, um, Pastor Ron really likes people who think and ask those kind of deep questions. So way to go, girl. <laughs> I think that shows great intellect. Mm-hmm. And curiosity is a really good thing. Yeah. 
and and see when when Joan is reading the Bible, mm-hmm. she's trying to figure out mysteries. She's putting herself in it. You can just tell mm-hmm. that's the imagination that mm-hmm. we get when when we read. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's why go. that's why it's better to read than it is to have Bible read to you. You know, like on the the, the Bible apps and stuff like that. Um, when you're reading, it's harder for your mind to wander, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But you can really sort of put your Bible in your lap and meditate on these kind of things. Yeah. So, good question, Joe. Mm-hmm. Way to go. Um, okay, so, and then the third thing, when we're in a storm, um, you know, the disciples are far from the shore, the safety of, you know, of, of <laughs> being with other people. I love the Jesus. And you know he had a sense of humor. You know he did. But, but he waited till they were in the middle of the lake. Um, you know, sort of the past the point of no return, mm-hmm. too far from the safety of the shore, mm-hmm. and they were too afraid to go forward, and the wind was against them, so they had no other source of rescue, yeah. and that's why Jesus went out. Hey guys, how are you? <laughs> Mark says he was about to pass them by, mm-hmm. and uh, and they were terrified. The last thing you'd expect is to see anybody, even Jesus, walking on the water in the middle of a storm. <laughs> When, when you've left Jesus behind because he forced you to get in the boat. It's a very strong word in the Greek. Um, and suddenly they're, they're out there. They're not saying, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? They weren't expecting him. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus said he would meet him on the other side. And uh, they didn't know that there was a, a miraculous moment that they were going to be a part of. Yeah, going into the unknown Okay. Yep. We've got Jimmy on line one from San Antonio. Jimmy, Happy New Year. You're on the air. Happy New Year, Mel Grace. You're giving away your age, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, I have to Hey, um, uh, I guess the question there's Christians who don't want to hear the whole gospel, they don't want to hear everything, they only want to hear the scriptures. I don't know. Um, I don't know. What do you call those type of Christians? I mean, I used to be like that too. I guess. <sighs> Jimmy, a lot of those people aren't real believers. You know, it's, 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 it's easy to say you're a Christian, but if the Holy Spirit lives in you, which is a requirement of being a Christian, then you're not going to want to reject um, what the Spirit says in those difficult passages of the Bible. You know, we've all got ideas. We don't. We, we live according to the ways of this world. Then we get saved, and those ideas don't just vanish. But but even even me, as cynical as I was before I got saved, um, when I would read something in the Bible, um, and and if I didn't like it, uh, I dug in to find out what it really said and what it really meant because I want to know. And that's not anything I had. That's a spirit living in me. And I think when you're talking about most of the time um, uh, professing believers, um, homosexuality is uh, is a case in point. Well, I just can't believe that God would judge them for being who they are. I mean, they were born that way, and and um, you know that's that's not an honest approach. And remember, the Holy Spirit, Jesus calls him the Spirit of Truth. And if the Spirit of God really lived in him, then there would be a ring of truth. And they might say, Well, how can this be? But they would dig in and find out. And I think, Jimmy, that's just the sad truth that there's a lot of people who are hoping they're Christians and going to heaven who aren't going to be. And Jesus himself warned us about that very moment. Yes. Amen. It's just all you can do is pray for them. Tell them the truth in love and pray for them. Don't get bogged down in arguments with them, but just tell them the truth in love. Jimmy, I hope your 2021 is a really, really great year. Yeah, I hope so, too. <laughs> okay. God bless you and Martha. 340-9585, Paula. Okay, you know, uh, the caller, I want to go back to that caller yesterday. Uh, you were talking um, about when the Lord says, come follow me, you know, hearing the voice of God. You said Sunday that the Lord might be calling some of you to a different career path. You remember saying that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking about Levi, the tax collector, you know, and Jesus kind of just walked by him after Levi had been listening to Jesus time and time again. Come follow me. Wow. Now you talk about faith. 
he left a very lucrative business um, because following Jesus doesn't always mean you're going to have all (laughs) that you need. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, if Jesus is really calling you, if you're really saved and he's really calling you, um, even when you're terrified because you're leaving something that you're comfortable with, something that you're successful at. Uh, I left, as you know, a a, a profession uh, where I made tons and tons of money. And suddenly Jesus was calling me into something where I wasn't going to make money. And um, the, the, the thing is, is if, if it's really the Lord calling you and you really belong to him, then the calling is irresistible. You can put up a fight. You can, can push and scream. And, mm-hmm. but, but the truth is you got to go. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. And, yeah. and uh, I, I just think that's, that's another place where we got to walk by faith. Tell that story about, you know, you knew, and yet you got nervous, and you went and took a job after all. Oh, I, I had a, uh, when I got saved, uh, my life was a mess in every way, financially, personally, uh, our family, um, um, and yet my, my salvation experience was so radical, I knew it was true, and the Lord spoke clearly to my heart that I was never to work for anybody but him, ever, from yeah. that point forward. Yeah. And I, I knew, I, I didn't know then he was calling me to a very unique walk by faith, um, but, but, but I knew that this is what he said. And, and for me, making money has always been easy, so I, it was one of those things where God was putting me in a position, this is just Ron Arbaugh, mm-hmm. putting me in a position where I had only him to depend on, sort of like the widow who gave her two mites and she walked away having given everything away. Well, when, when the Lord said not to work for anybody, there was no safety or security for me at all. And, and, and that meant for you. And um, um, I remember things were getting really, really scary, really, really difficult. And uh, somebody that the devil put in my life for that particular moment, that particular time, said, look, I'll give you some money. I'll give you the money you need for the mess that you're in. But there's only one condition. You've got to get a job. He didn't understand my whole walk by faith thing, but you've got to get a job. And I got so scared I took it. I was so mad. Oh, it Not was. Not at you. Yeah, I know. But I was just afraid. And for two weeks after I got the money, paid off the people that were knocking our door down, um, for two weeks I fell into the deepest, darkest, blackest hole uh, ever, yeah. and the only way that that ever, um, uh, but but as soon as I did it, I had a moment of relief because I could get the people off our case. Mm-hmm. But the next moment, I knew what I'd done to God. Yeah. And for two weeks, I didn't get up out of a chair except to go to the bathroom and go to bed. Yeah. And uh, you remember what that was like? Oh, and, it was horrible. And, uh, no voice, no no. I, the Bible wasn't speaking to me, the, the nothing. Mm-hmm. And it was Jesus leaving me alone. And what he was telling me, Paula, was this is what your life will be like if you do things your way. If you do things my way, then it'll be completely different. Mm-hmm. And it was in, in those two weeks where I really wrestled and got to the place where I said, okay, Lord, you win. And and I haven't said no to him, I don't think, <laughs> since that time. And boy, he's taken some pretty exciting places. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. You know, today as we prayed, um, you were praying, I want to pray bigger. I want to pray bigger. And I think for 2021, for all of us, let's pray, and I've been saying this to the ladies, let's pray like we really mean it. Let's pray like... You know, we're not just praying, wishing. We're praying, knowing. And I'm not saying that name it and claim it kind of stuff. But I mean, Lord, you've put this in my heart to pray. And I'm praying it. But I want to pray it, believing it. You know, Lord Jesus, I want to love you more than ever before. I think he says, ooh, I want that too. And so I'm going to love Jesus more than ever. Um and there's, you know, whatever else anybody else has. Uh, mm. Yeah. You know, my thought, is, it's, a, it. it's a bad word to use because I don't really know how to define it. But, but the Lord puts this on my heart. Wow, we're inside two minutes already. Oh, wow. Uh, the, the Lord put it on my heart to, 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 to pray bigger in 2021. 
uh, I think for me, it's just there's so much going on, so much pain, um, so many uh, outside influences that we've all lived together through Mm -hmm. um, that it got my eyes off of the bigger parts of the vision that God has given me. And so when he said, uh, said he, I mean, he clearly he put on my heart to pray bigger. Mm. And that's what I was praying with you today. I just said, I want to pray bigger in 2021. I want to expect you to be the infinite God I know you to be. Uh, I don't want to get distracted because of COVID or because the political party won or didn't win. Um, uh, what, I want to, what I want to do is believe all things are possible. And... I think that's a pleasing prayer. Yeah, yeah. Well, we now inside one minute. What I do you want to say? You said all things are possible, and I've I've been saying that too on my either my phone call ministry or my text ministry. But the thing starts out with God, with God. Are you with God? Because with God, then all things are possible. If you're just trying to do all the things on your own. And me, if I'd have got the security system, I'd have been on my own. I wouldn't have relied on Jesus to take care of me. But with God is when all things are possible. It's sort of, so insidious. It's it's like, well, well, I'm safe because I got the security system, yeah. and that's that's why I made it. But yeah. but He is, as you said earlier in the program, our security system. He is our security system. Hey, well, thanks for tuning in. As you know, this is our last live program for 2020. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Have a happy new year. And let's all pray a little bit bigger in 2021. Happy new year. God bless. See you later. Bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is on every weekday afternoon at 4. And Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio.